You're listening to the Finding Enough podcast with Jessica Joy Holt, where we will be exploring stories and journeys of how we can find we are enough within ourselves, as well as meditations, mental resets, and more. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. Today we're going to be focusing on meditation. I have a feeling this is probably just going to be a part one because there's so much to it. But today we're going to dive into my background with it and then go into the different types of meditation that are out there. So to start, ah, my background. All right. I am a firm believer that we meditate way more than we think we do, that it is often a part of our lives without even realizing it. And the first time that this really occurred for me was when I was in about middle high school time. Um, I started on the YMCA swim team in my county, and it became such a an important thing to me because being in that water freed me. Like I felt so much more alive and aware when I was in the water, and I didn't realize at the time. But a big reason for that is because whenever my head would be underwater. <laughs> I was so much easier for me to drown other people out and just be with myself. I was there for every stroke, every breath. I was extremely present. And that's what swimming gave me. It gave me that ability to just be with myself, um, really dive into my own mindset, what's going on mentally as well as physically. It started that game for me where I became more and more aware every day on my intuition, on my gut, on my body, what was going on. I loved it. I loved that time. Um, (laughs) And it was kind of a funny thing at that YMCA. A lot of the lifeguards had this kind of game where they would count for how long I would, or time, how long I would swim for. Because especially on those bad days for me, when I would be upset or mad or whatever, I would just go head down and swim. And I guess there was one time I swam for like 45 minutes straight. It must've been a hell of a day. (laughs) But it was something that gave me that release that a lot of us are finding in different ways, whether it's washing the dishes, going for a walk, um, writing. There are so many different things that you can turn into to tune into yourself. And one of the saddest things I think I ever heard was when I went to a Vipassana course, which I'll uh, go deeper to in a minute. But somebody once told me when they heard about Vipassana, which is a 10-day silent meditation course, that they wouldn't want to do it because they didn't like themselves enough to be with themselves for that long. And that like broke my heart because we are all we really have. And meditation gives you that opportunity to get to know yourself even better. Let the ego drift away, unpeel those layers that you have been walling up around you and get to know yourself and be at peace with yourself. And if, if you can't accomplish that, or if you're not even willing to try, that's so sad to me because you have no idea of the potential shift that you can make and feel how much power that you have within yourself for yourself and the life that you can shift and the life that you can make for you. To be able to do that is super powerful. And I think it's very much needed. But a lot of us apparently don't even like to spend time with ourselves. Do you even really know you? (laughs) That's the question I'll put out there right now. If you're not willing to spend time with yourselves, well, then why would anybody else? So, you know, diving a little bit deeper on that is important. And that was something that I started to learn the older that I got. The first time that I intentionally meditated, 
uh, I was in college. It was my so- for, for, sorry freshman year of college. And my girlfriend and I went down to spring break to visit my grandparents in Marco Island. And we had had some conversation, I think, about it throughout the day about the idea of meditation because we got both kind of sprinkled in yoga. But at that point in time, I was not like a yogi or anything. I was still just learning what yoga was. Um, so that night I went down to the dock and meditated for the first time intentionally on my own. And it really woke something up in me as to the power of that. You can do this by yourself. You don't need to be a master or anything. You just need to have the intention to sit with yourself, be still and let go of other things. Let, let go of distractions around you. Just be with you. And that started my shift in an awareness and really kind of began to awaken the yogi side of me, I guess. From then on, I was much more of a yogi. All right. And now going into the Vipassana as promised. So after my 300-hour yoga training in India, I went down to Jaipur and did a 10-day meditation course. It's a silent meditation course called Vipassana. And in the silent meditation course, it's pretty amazing. It's all donation-based. And you show up, they take all your things from you. Um, so you don't have your phone or books or anything to write in because it's not about that. It's about you learning how to meditate and be with yourself completely. You're not allowed to look at anybody in the eye. You're not allowed to speak. Um, even if you have emergencies, try to keep it to a low. <laughs> really, it was quite interesting, the mental aspect around it. And I, I was amazed. It was a super powerful moment for me in there. I'll never forget on the first day they brought us in to the welcome speech and they told us about how people who are returning, this is their second time or more, that they only get two meals and then lemon water for dinner and they have to sleep on the floor. They don't get a bed. But first timers, you know, we get a bed and we get all three meals. And I'm like, oh, thank God I'm a first timer. Like that sounds miserable. I would never want to skip a meal. Well, amongst all the other things that happened to me during that meditation process and Vipassana, which was a very powerful experience, um, the hardest part for me, which I laughed at almost immediately because I could see the irony, was on day seven, I got extremely sick. I got, I don't know if it was food poisoning or what, but I could not keep anything down. I could not eat anything. I was so sick. And so not only did I only get, you know, two meals a day and skip the third. I didn't get any meals a day. I went from saying I I wouldn't want to skip one meal to not having any meals for the last, oh my gosh, four days. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, but I wasn't even hungry. I was just completely free. No food, no very little water, as much as I could fathom at the time because I knew I was dehydrated, but I really couldn't keep much down and I had no appetite for anything. And it was just pure meditation. It was such a powerful time. And if anybody is debating doing that, where they they want to let go of all the distractions, they are thinking that trying a Vipassana might be for them, I highly recommend it because it really makes you be by yourself and lets go of all the other distractions of your everyday life. The hard part, you know, is bringing that back into your everyday life where you have all these distractions again and making sure that you can disassociate so that way you get that time for you um, and continue your meditation practice. But that is a little bit on my Vipassana story and my background in meditation. I have studied quite a bit since then. (laughs) You should see my library. (laughs) But I'm going to go in now and explain a little bit more about meditation and the different types that there are. 
Okay, so there are guided and unguided meditation to start. This is usually the first step in like deciding what type you want to do. And it can vary even from yoga class to yoga class what kind you're getting. (laughs) I love meditation, so I'll often throw in different types as you'll hear here in a minute. So anyway, in guided meditation, a teacher guides you through the basic steps of the practice. Uh, This type of meditation, particularly useful for beginners because the teacher is experienced. So they use their guidance uh, to help you step by step through the experience. They'll usually follow the format of they explain what's going to happen, and then they lead you through the traditional meditation technique that they're using. In unguided meditation... Um, This is also called silent meditation. You meditate alone without someone explaining the process. For some people, unguided meditation involves simply just sitting in a quiet area and paying attention to the body and the thoughts for a set period of time um, or using the techniques that they've learned from guided meditations, etc. So now we have calming versus insight meditation. The intention of the calming meditation is to cultivate a quieter, more peaceful state of mind with improved concentration. Most of the calming meditation practices involve focusing on like a particular object, whether it's your breath or a mantra, which I'll go into another podcast where we'll talk all about mantras, Um, visualizations, physical objects, even your own body. Uh, Basically, you focus on this object and then you return your attention back to this whenever you get distracted or notice your mind starting to wander, that monkey mind that we have. (laughs) Then there's the insight meditation where people set an intention to transform their minds by developing qualities such as like wisdom and compassion. So insight meditation involves more focusing on the breath and being aware of and noting all the physical and mental sensations that arise. But here's the interesting thing about the meditation stuff. Um, It doesn't have to just be one or the other. You can actually combine both of these elements, which is often what happens kind of at the end of yoga practices. Like a teacher will walk you through some of it but a lot of times they'll also just let you have your own space at the end to focus on the breath and just be more insightful as well as calming. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. It kind of can mix in. So in addition to helping us find calmness and mental quiet, these meditations can also help improve feelings of well-being, happiness, and empathy for others. So here are some different types of meditations. There's the focused attention and This form of meditation is fairly straightforward because it uses the object of our breath to focus attention to or to anchor the mind and maintain awareness. So for instance, you start to notice your mind wandering, that monkey mind I mentioned a minute ago. When you notice your mind start to wander, you simply return it back to the breath. And that's an example of focused attention. So the next type that we'll talk about is body scan. Often our body is doing one thing and our minds are doing something completely different. So this technique with body scan is designed to sync your body and mind by performing a mental scan from the top of the head to the end of your toes. Basically, you can like imagine like a photocopier light slowly moving over your body and like bringing attention to any discomfort, sensations, tensions, or aches, anything at all going on in the body. And you just pay attention inch by inch, piece by piece to what's going on. And that brings a lot of mindfulness and awareness to the breath, the body, and all of that. And I love it. So anyway. Next one, noting. So with noting, whether you're focusing on your breath or simply just sitting in quiet, this technique involves specifically noting what's distracting the mind to the extent that we are so caught up in a thought or emotion that we've lost our awareness of the breath or whatever object we're choosing to focus on. We note the thought or feeling to restore awareness, to create a bit of space, 
as well as letting go, and to learn more about our thought patterns, tendencies, and conditioning. Now we have visualization. This type of meditation invites you to picture something or someone in your mind, and we are essentially replacing the breath with a mental image as the object of focus. So if you can feel, it can feel a little challenging to some, but it's really no different than vividly recalling the face of an old friend, like naturally without effort. So it is with meditation, by conjuring a specific visualization, we not only get to observe the mind, but we also get to focus on any physical sensations. Reflection. This technique invites you to ask yourself a question, perhaps something like, what are you most grateful for? Um, And you bring awareness to those feelings, not just the thoughts, but the feelings that arise when you focus on the question. Now there's also Zen meditation. And this is an ancient Buddhist tradition, which involves sitting upright and following the breath, particularly the way that it moves in and out of the belly and letting the mind just be. And this aims to foster a sense of presence and alertness. This is a very common style, which I personally use all the time. Next up, we have mantra meditation, and I'll honestly cover this one more in a second part because mantras on their own can be just, oh my gosh, amazing. So anyway, this technique is similar to focused attention meditation, although instead of focusing on the breath or the quiet of the mind, you focus on a mantra, which could be a syllable, a word, or a phrase, anything like that. The idea here is that the subtle vibrations associated with the repeated mantra can encourage positive change, maybe a boost in self-confidence or increased passion, compassion for others, and it helps you enter an even deeper state of meditation. So like I said, I'll probably delve into mantras a little deeper on another podcast because it can be its own chapter. So as mentioned earlier, there's also Vipassana meditation, which is a silent 10-day plus, you can do longer if you want, a meditation course. A little bit more about the actual practice. It's an ancient tradition. And this one, it invites you to use your concentration to intensely examine certain aspects of your existence with the intention of eventual transformation. So Vipassana itself pushes us to find the insight into the true nature of reality uh, via contemplation of several key areas of our human existence. You're thinking suffering, impermanence, non-self, emptiness, those kind of ideas is what that particular style of meditation kind of focuses around. So if you go to a Vipassana course, there's going to be a lot of talk about those things, um, basically kind of breaking away and transforming yourself from the ego to a higher self where you're not feeling as egotistical or you're letting go of suffering and impermanence and those kind of things. Then there's chakra meditation. So this meditation technique is aimed at keeping the body's core chakras, the centers of energies, um, opened, aligned, and fluid. You're looking at blocked or imbalanced chakras that can result in uncomfortable physical and mental symptoms, but chakra meditation can help bring them back all into balance is the idea there. Qigong meditation. This one is an ancient and powerful Chinese practice, which involves harnessing that energy in the body by allowing energy pathways, also called meridians in this style of practice, to be open and fluid. So sending energy inward during the meditation is thought to help the body heal and function, and sending energy outward can help heal another person in the Qigong meditation technique. Then you also have sound bath meditation. Um, you guys might be familiar with these if you've done my classes. I love the use of sound bowls, singing bowls, crystal bowls. Um, so often you use 
song bowls or gongs and other instruments that help create sound or vibration. And they help focus the mind and bring it into a more relaxed state. So you can actually use any of these styles in your yoga practice or in your own meditation practice. There are so many different types of meditations. There's way more than what I've covered. I'm just kind of skimming the top of the surface with you guys because it is such an in-depth topic. Um, But you can use these at the end of your yoga practice. And if you've practiced with me, you've noticed that I've actually used a lot of these and a lot of combinations of these because I believe that in order to integrate the neuromuscular changes that happen during yoga and gain the greatest benefit of that practice, we must take that time in Shavasana um, or relaxation pose, the one that we're at do at the end, to relax the body and relieve tension. But we need both parts. You need the asanas or the postures and poses, as well as the meditation at the end. That's the yoking part, which yoga means to yoke. So you're yoking the mind and the body together at the end. Fun fact, actually, when yoga started, (laughs) you guys probably have heard this story if you talked to me before, (laughs) but when yoga first started, the monks were watching animals move. And that's how they came up with a lot of the asanas or the poses for yoga. So they watch the animals move and they'd be like, oh, well, that's really wonderful stretch for this reason and that reason. And then they started to incorporate these stretches into their lifestyles. So that way they were preparing their bodies to sit for the hours of meditation that they would do a day. So the point of yoga wasn't to have amazing handstands or abs or anything like that. It was to be able to prepare the body to sit to be still and be with yourself. It was the purpose of yoking the mind and body, silencing the ego, silencing the monkey mind, being still, being present with you. That's the reason we were doing all the asanas to get to the meditation part to begin with so we can let go of the mental aspect and be truly present and truly aware within ourselves. So that's gonna conclude part one of meditations. You get my background with it, as well as a few different styles that are out there. If you are interested in trying some meditations, eventually I'm going to be adding some in to our podcast. So you'll have those available to you. Um, In the meantime, there are a lot of wonderful apps out there. And if you're a part of my either YouTube channel or the Facebook group, Jessica Joy Yoga Fit Community, then you have access to a lot of free meditation videos out there as well that I've done for you and quite a few different ones. So you have like sound healings, guided, um, zen. You have a lot of different pranayama ones. And if you ever need any advice or questions, you can always reach out to me um, on my Instagram, um, whether it's Jessica Joy yo- underscore yoga fit or at Finding Enough. I am here for you guys. Feel free to reach out. All right, have a great one. And thanks for tuning in.